the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, wild card weekend was wild. And now we're on to the first round of the playoffs. Is this considered the first round of the playoffs or the second? I guess it's the second now. I think it's the now. second, yeah, because it's not, just, weird. it's not just a wild card game anymore. It's a series. So They're wild series. card weekend is round one. This is now round two we are on to. And honestly, I did not expect to be getting Arizona Diamondback news in the middle of the playoffs. <laughs> but here we are. Let's start there. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Thanks for checking us out this week. Um, the news that came out, I don't think this is revolutionary. I don't think that this is an idea that you and I haven't talked about a million times, <laughs> but it's somewhat substantive because it's finally coming out. Uh, this was a, what would you call it, a nugget from Bob Nightingale. A blurb? Right. A nugget in one of his notes articles. I'll read it to you from Bob Nightingale of USA Today. The Diamondbacks will bring struggling veteran Madison Bumgarner to spring training, hoping that he can pitch well enough to trade him. He's owed $37 million over the next two seasons, and the Diamondbacks would likely have to eat most of it. Barring a dramatic turnaround, it will go down as the D-backs' worst free agent signing in franchise history, paying him $85 million over five years. Now, there's not a lot there that we didn't already kind of know, right? Like, first sentence, I, they're going to bring him back to spring training. Yeah, no kidding. Right. He's under contract for two more years. At that money, you're bringing him to spring training. Second sentence, or second part of the sentence, I guess, is with hopes that he can pitch well enough to trade him, that's the interesting part. Right. I also, maybe I I kind of disagree with his whole worst free agent signing in franchise history. What's the worst? Yes, Manny Tomas. 68 over six? Something was like it that? six? What was it? I don't, I don't even remember. remember. It was, was it six, I was it was sixty eight million. I don't five? remember how many years. Sixty eight over five. I'm gonna look. Let me see. Um, but I mean, or four. Yasmani Tomas was. You got bad. nothing. You got nothing right. out of Yasmani <laughs> yeah. Tomas. It was. A, You've gotten no. I mean, well, I mean, can you argue that they've gotten nothing out of Madison Bumgarner too? But There's an played. argument for that. But he's played. Yasmani he's played, Tomas yeah. spent most of his contract in the minor leagues. Yeah. We were calling him the King of Reno. <laughs> so for that reason, I think you might be right. It was a you were right the first time. It was a six year, sixty eight and a half million dollar deal for Yasmani Tomas. That's bad. Ugh. Franchise history. I'm trying to think if there were other. I really mean, bad. I mean, like Jason Kubel was bad, but he. I mean, they didn't. Richie give him a ton Sexton of money. was a trade. Yeah. That wasn't that didn't turn out well. There's not a lot of big Randy, money signings. trading Randy Johnson. What they got for Randy Johnson was bad. Yeah, but that's a trade. But it's a trade. So I'm uh free agent? I mean Mark Melanson might be up there. <laughs> Eventually. And, but that's only two years, 14 million. I mean, I know it's a lot for a reliever, especially I don't one who's think, been so bad. I, a lot of people crap on the Granky deal, but I don't think that was that bad of a deal. Granky is arguably the fourth or fifth best pitcher you've had in your franchise's history. I don't mm-hmm. know how you can consider that bad. Now, did they overpay to bring him to Arizona? Yeah, they kind of had to. They had to to get him here. Yeah. yeah, and then they ate a bunch of it when they traded him. Right. I mean, but that's they, essentially then, yeah. what this would have to be. So, I mean, I guess he has an argument. I mean, I think it's a good one. Madison Bumgarner has not been good. He's not been good at all for the Diamondbacks. I mean, let's let's see what his numbers have been since he's been here. I mean, it's not good. It's he really hasn't been the Madison the, Bumgarner we remember since 2016. The highlight of his of his time here with the Diamondbacks was that seven inning no hitter that he threw. 
that doesn't count as a no-hitter yeah. because it was seven innings. Debatably. Okay, so in his in his three years in Arizona, he is fifteen and twenty-nine with a four nine eight ERA. Almost five. Just a tick under five for his three years of being here in sixty-five starts. 346 and two-thirds innings pitched. His whip while he's been here is 1.33. So let me ask you this. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. While reading the Bob Nightingale report, am I to believe that this is him reporting that he has found out that the Diamondbacks are ready to move on from Madison? They just need him to pitch a little more to convince somebody to be a taker? Or is this Bob Nightingale just connecting the dots the way you or I might? Because I could sit here and I could say, yeah, you know what? The Diamondbacks would probably like to move off of Madison Bumgarner. Just take the word probably out, and that's what this is. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying this the whole like the whole time. Not that we're reporting anything, but no. that's our assumption is, hey, if they can get off of that contract, they will. If they have an opportunity to. But again, and it's what Nightingale said in that blurb there, he has to pitch well. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to eat money no matter what because he's just owed too much money for the production that he's giving this team right now and what he could give to another team who wants to trade for him. But for any team to be interested in the first place, he has to pitch well because why would any team trade for a struggling pitcher? I've been saying this. I, I think I suggested this first a year and a half ago at the deadline, which is how long we've been talking about this. I suggested that the only team that might be willing to bite on him, regardless of how well he's pitching or lack thereof, is the Giants. Because of what he means to that market. Because of the nostalgia of the three championship rings that they won with him. And he was a huge cog in all three of those championship victories. San Francisco, to me, is the only organization that could take a chance on Madison Bumgarner and just forget about the fact that there's so much money tied to him. Forget about the fact that he hasn't been good since he left San Francisco. That The coming home narrative can sometimes supersede how good the player is. Yeah, I mean, Pudge Rodriguez went back to Texas at the end when he was not that good. I think Jim Tomei went back to Cleveland in the end when Griff- he was not Griffey that good. Griffey went back to Seattle. Right. It happens. They're Pujols, not good. Pujols went back to St. Louis. Yeah, but, that and one's then he, a little bit of an outlier. And he played well. <laughs> yeah, unbelievably. But even even bringing him in, I mean, I don't think they expected Pujols to have that good of a season. So It was just a... It's a nostalgia play. I'm going to retire, and right. I could maybe hit a couple lefties here and there. So I still think San Francisco could pull that off. They could make a trade. Now, do you want to trade Bumgarner within the division? On the one hand, it's not like he's playing all that well, so, I mean... You might you, be able to get a couple wins off him if you face him. Who well, knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but at the other, I mean, on the other end of it, though, what happens if he goes to San Francisco and he regains some of the magic that he once had in the Bay? I don't know if... I mean, where the Giants are at right now, I mean, yeah, last year they made an incredible run. I, they won the division, if I'm not mistaken. By like a, they by and like the a Dodgers game. were close. I think yeah. they won it by a game, and then they lost in the wild card round or the game, wild card game. Was it a game last year Dude, or round? I don't know. I honestly, somebody asked me the <laughs> stupid. Somebody asked me the other day, "Hey, how does the uh, second round of the playoffs work?" Now I said, "I have no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know because they change on. it every year." Yeah. <laughs> so they <laughs> lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs last year, and then they had a pretty bad season this year. So are they really? Would they be in a position? To 
go and get I mean they finished at 500. They're 81 and 81 this year, the Giants. Right. Are they do they want to go get Madison Bumgarner back? They I mean you wouldn't probably have to give up a lot for him. Maybe they just do it anyway. There's also been reports that they're very that they intrigued spend. in Trey Turner and Aaron Judge. That's been a thing too. And Aaron Judge, both of whom are going to get 300 million or a more. A lot of money. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to get both of them or even one of them. But if those are the types of players you're chasing, you're probably not looking to go get a fifth starter, which is right. essentially what Bumgarner's value is now as a pitcher for $37 million over the next and two. Maybe another like enticing thing for them was like, yeah, but you're not tr- you aren't trading for him to be a front of the line no. rotation piece. I mean, they already have Logan Webb. He's their ace, I guess. Um, and they have other good starting pitching as well. So, I mean, you're not you're not acquiring Madison Bumgarner for him to be your second or even third best pitcher. Um, certainly not your first best pitcher, but I don't think you'd be top two or three here in Arizona. I don't think so either. And I've I've spent on record on this show saying I don't think that if if the Diamondbacks want to make a run at a playoff spot next year, I don't think Madison Bumgarner can be in your top three of your rotation. That's why I think they need to go and get a, an additional starting pitcher somewhere. Um, so if Mad Bum is here, which he will be at the beginning of the season, he's your fourth starter. Here are the, the, the top three scenarios I think that there are. The best possible scenario, I think, is that Madison Bumgarner comes out hot out of the gate next season, pitches very well, and you're able to keep him and get some value out of the last two seasons of his contract. I think that's best case scenario. Second best would be he comes out and pitches decent enough and convinces another organization to trade for him at some point during next season, maybe the deadline, and you get out of some of the money that's left on the deal, like you did with Granke. Mm -hmm. The worst possible scenario is that he comes back, he pitches like he did in September, which was just awful with an ERA in the nines or whatever it was, basically throwing BP out there, in the middle of a game and he stinks and no one wants him. And you're forced to either Dallas Keuchel DFA him (laughs) or just let him keep pitching until his contract runs out. I know that's not a good option. I don't think that he'll be pitching till his contract runs out like in two years. I think if, if he, let's just say he's here for the full 2023 season. Okay. He's making $23 million. But after that, he's making fourteen. Now we're in the you know You're willing the, to just eat yeah. fourteen million. Now we're in of, the discussion of just Yeah. We can just eat fourteen million and just have him not be on the team. Well, they're probably gonna have to eat more than that if they trade him now anyway. Yeah, they probably have to eat what, maybe I don't know. Half? Is it half too big of a number? Twenty percent? Twenty no 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 twenty million. million? Twenty it's million out of thirty seven? Okay. yeah, maybe. It's more than half. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking they might have to eat thirty. Remember when the Diamondbacks mm. traded for they, Mike Leak? Yeah. And they got him for like 50 cents. Remember that? Because <laughs> he'd already been traded. Cardinals. Well, no, the Reds were paying it, right? Yeah. Or, no, the Mariners. Somebody it was the else Mariners. was paying it. The Mariners signed him to a deal and then traded him to the Cardinals. He was like a 15 Or the other million, way around. I can't remember anymore. Either way, he was like a 15 million a year pitcher, the but D-backs the Diamondbacks were paying him like him half a million yeah. for two seasons. Because there were two other teams paying for his contract. He wasn't the greatest pitcher in the organization. He was probably like the fifth or sixth best starter they had those wasn't years. A, but wasn't a great time for Mike Leake here. But you paid him nothing. Right. So it was a low risk. I mean, some other team is looking at that deal and they're like, maybe we'd like to do that to Madison yeah, there's no, There's no scenario, I don't think, where... The Diamondbacks get 
a quality return in a trade for Madison Bumgarner. Because even if he does pitch well next year, he's still owed too much money. So, And that's going to hamper any return you have. Granky, I know that a lot of people draw the connection between this and the Granky situation because he still had a bunch of money left when they traded him. And you got four prospects for him. Josh Rojas, Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukowskis, Seth Beer. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed that I can still do that. Um, <laughs> seeing as how three of them don't play for the Diamondbacks anymore, really, ever. Um, it's not the same, though, because Granky was pitching very well at the time that they traded him. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's maybe your fourth or fifth best starter you've ever had in the organization's history, and that's 25 years of history. Mm-hmm. This is different because Bumgarner doesn't have a track record in Arizona at all. Yeah, it, and it's if he does, it's been bad. <laughs> like I just read those numbers. It's not he's almost a five ERA in three years here. Yeah, not great. Not and good at all. Remember how we how excited we were before the twenty twenty season started that off season. I was where they excited. went out and got Starling Marte yeah. and Madison Bumgarner and Cole Calhoun, like to kind of solidify their lineup and their outfield defense a little bit. Man, they always that take seems like forever. Credit ago. to the Diamondbacks, and this is two different regimes, but I'll give them credit nonetheless. They always take big swings together. Like the Granky deal came with Shelby Miller trade, which right. I know how it turned out. It's probably the worst trade in the franchise's history. But that at the Dan's same time, Swanson guy is pretty good. But at the same time, tell me we weren't excited about it when it no, happened. No, and I, I mean, I'll say this too. Obviously, it was a horrible, horrible trade, the Shelby Miller thing. But I understood what they were trying to do. Yes, I was upset though that they were trading a guy they just drafted number one overall. Sure, that was ridiculous. But you were getting a good player. But yeah, Shelby Miller. I mean. Despite what happened here with him, he was really good for the Braves, and he was really good for the Cardinals before that. And I understood what they were doing. They were trying to create this ridiculous one-two punch that you know other teams in their division have had. You know, prior to that happening, like the the Giants had Lincecum and Kane, the Dodgers had Kershaw and Granke. You know, and and before that, the Padres had Jake Peavy and Chris Young. They were trying to create that one-two punch that we see a lot of teams now have, too. I mean, the the Phillies are one. They have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Um, Mets. The, the Mets have DeGrom and Scherzer. That didn't really work out. but Not in the playoffs. We'll the, talk about that in a minute. The Mariners have Castillo and... and uh, Robbie and, Ray? No. Uh, Logan, <laughs> <laughs> Logan Gilbert is, is Gilbert one, Gilbert better than Robbie Ray? Uh, yes, he. I think so. Okay. So anyway. Robbie Ray won the Cy Young last year, but Robbie yeah. Ray is also that guy who, like in 2017, he was out of his mind and, and then, then was bad. Wasn't two more for, years. Yeah. And then, anyway, but I I understood what the Diamondbacks, what Larusa and Stewart were trying to do back then. It just didn't work out because Shelby Miller forgot how to throw a baseball and not have his knuckles scrape on the ground. And yeah, uh, it was yeah, it was bad. It could it be bad. the end of the Bumgarner situation i mean maybe they find a trade partner this offseason i can't imagine i doubt it i I can't imagine he was he was really bad a team would need to be like really on the cusp of being a championship contender and they would need to get most of that money eaten by the it's even worse because like he started off 2022 actually pretty good he was had a pretty good april and a decent may i believe and then it just went all downhill and the the era (laughs) shot straight up Uh, it just it was because you could maybe justify like oh hey he's he pitched better going into the offseason, but it was not that way. It was the he exact had opposite. One start where he was good. The Dodgers, the the and then they're like, "We're done. You're, you're done for the year." 
Yeah. Once after that one start, look at that start, guys. Look at that. We'll see what happens. Again, I want to make it clear: this report from Bob Nightingale does not actually say Diamondbacks sources tell me, no, or no. or the front office says, or anything like that. They're not citing this to any one specific. I think it's thing. just common knowledge that yeah. they would like to do that. I think you're right about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the wild card weekend. I know it happened a couple of days ago, and we're already on to the next round. So <laughs> let's let's kind of breeze through this, but. I thought there were some surprises. Um, each each series was interesting in its own right, but I would have, honestly, I probably would have picked some of the teams that ended up losing. I think a lot of people thought the Mets spent so much money this season that, yeah. and to have DeGrom and Scherzer at the top of the rotation and to still lose that series, that, that that's was, painful for them. That was a matchup of teams that like went all in on this year's squad. Because, and that's they, true. They kind of did it in different ways. Like the Mets, they went out and they, you know, they signed Max Scherzer to a lot of money. Jacob Degrom is there. They brought in Eduardo Escobar and, um, you know, uh, Starling Marte. They brought him in as well. They paid those guys a lot, a lot of money, and they're out. They couldn't win two games. And then on the other side, the Padres went and traded their whole farm system for Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Josh Hader and Brandon Drury and. They're still in it. They're tied with the Dodgers. They it's their first win over the Dodgers in the playoffs, like ever. I think in their franchise's history. Ever. Forever. But yeah, I think in their franchise's history, they've never beaten the Dodgers in the playoffs. I think you bring up an interesting point that each of the wildcard series, the teams were very reflective of one another. Like we talked in the last podcast about Cleveland and Tampa Bay are both just bullpen. And pitching no machines. no payroll very Zero small payroll. payroll yeah they don't really have a lot of star players yeah Jose Ramirez is a star in Cleveland I, I don't know is there a star in Tampa Bay a position player I don't Franco. even think there is Franco Franco maybe yeah yes but he's so, been hurt almost all year those two organizations are reflective of one another I would say you, you laid out perfectly why the Mets and the Padres are reflective of one another right now the Mariners and the Blue Jays. Both teams with stud young players that they they grew within their own organization. Uh-huh. Julio Rodriguez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bo you could Bich- maybe even Bo argue Bichette. Bo Bichette. Ty France. They both acquired starting pitchers in the last two years uh, at the top of their rotation in Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray. And then over here, you've got Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios mm-hmm. and also Robbie Ray last year. <laughs> um, interestingly enough. So those organizations are similar. And then I think you could draw a parallel between the Phillies and the Cardinals, who both have spent a lot of money in the last two or three seasons on big names in their big bats, big bats in yeah. their lineup. Because, yeah, the Phillies have they they brought in Kyle Schwarber. They brought in what, Bryce Harper a couple years ago. Real Muto. They Real Muto. Rick, Nick Castellanos, Castellanos, who is there to hit home runs. And then the Cardinals, obviously, they traded for Paul Goldschmidt in 2019. And then they signed, they traded for Nolan Arenado. Um, they I mean. That's that's really all the big bats they really have. I mean, they brought Pujols back, but that wasn't no one though. no one really knew what he was going to do anyway. Yeah, but I think I think there are definitely parallels in the wild card. I weekend. was I was surprised in the Cardinals Phillies series that Adam Wainwright didn't get a start. That was weird to me. Did you see his Twitter apology? No. So I can't remember if it was today. Was he yesterday. unavailable? He tweeted. I should have been better. I'm paraphrasing, of course. It was a thread about how he discovered on what through watching film that his plant foot was 
getting about a foot shorter than it normally does. He wasn't stretching out as far. So he was pitching badly going into the series, and they he decided not to pitch him. He didn't realize it until it was too late. He didn't have the opportunity to fix it. He realized it after this whole thing unfolded. So uh-huh. he essentially apologized to the fans, like, I'm sorry, I should have got caught I that. didn't catch that yeah. mistake I was making. And that's okay. why I was slipping up, and that's why I pitched so Yeah, poorly. because it was Jose Quintana in game one, who's been actually pretty good for the He's Cardinals. And then it was Miles Michaelis, I think, in game two. I was I was also surprised, and I know he pitched kind of, he struggled a little bit down the stretch too, but they traded for Jordan Montgomery this year, the Cardinals. They traded Harrison Bader for him, and he was pitching pretty well for the Cardinals after he came over in that trade. And I'm, he was pitching out of the bullpen, and no Jack Flaherty either. I didn't even know if he pitched in this series or if he was even on the roster. I can't remember, but I'm just not enamored with the Cardinals pitching. Uh, it really kind of flamed out because, yeah. I mean, Flaherty just couldn't stay healthy because he came back at the end, but he had come back previously in like the middle of the season. And I don't think he was ready to come back and he re-injured himself and it just he couldn't stay healthy. Michaelis was OK in the beginning of the year and then he struggled. Um, and then they acquired Quintana and Montgomery. Wainwright was pretty solid for most of the season. He was. And he might retire. It just kind of, it almost stunk that he didn't get a start because he, he might retire too. But I mean, this is the last we're going to see of Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. We've, we're not going to see them play anymore. I felt pretty confident about the Phillies in that series just because, like you mentioned, the tandem at the front of the ro- rotation with Wheeler and Nola. I mean, yeah. that's a way better starting two than Quintana and. Whoever. I was Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just way better. I was surprised that the Guardians swept the Rays. You and me both, man. Like, I don't know who I. I don't really know. I can't remember who I picked. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been surprised if either one of these teams won that series. They're kind of evenly matched, like we said. They're kind of the similar teams. They've got a great bullpen. Some surprise players include Oscar Gonzalez has been fantastic. Has the SpongeBob? He hit the walk off home run in the walk up song, fifteenth inning or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of got his own. Uh, her, um, remember when Para had the baby, baby shark, shark thing? Yeah, it's exactly. kind of his own little thing of that, right? Um, Stephen Kwan hit two ninety eight in the regular season. Yeah. I and mean, he had a home run the other day. Ahmed Rosario had a really good season. Andres Jimenez, obviously Jose Ramirez was good. Yeah, they're in. Josh Naylor was. Good for them, too. Their infield must be one of the best in the league. I haven't yeah. really looked around and done yeah. the whole math behind it, but... And now it's the exact opposites in the in the NLDS. It's the high-powered, yeah. high-payroll New York Yankees against the Guardians. So let's talk about today, the Guardians-Yankees game two was postponed due to rain. They're going to play that tomorrow, which I guess means there's no travel day in between the next couple games. Yeah, I, I, haven't, seen that they, I haven't seen that they've moved the game in Cleveland. I don't think they can. Because of know. tickets and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. They would be pushing everything back by a day, so I guess they're not going to get a day off. They weirdly got a day off yesterday on Wednesday after playing one game in New York. I don't know what the weather was like in New York yesterday, but it's like you could have just played yesterday, stupid. But I know I, they, was I know they want. They would. I know the MLB. I think they want t- at least two games every day. So well, and yeah, and they did NL yesterday, AL today, and yeah. yeah so I don't, I don't know, man. It's I'm confounded by scheduling. But at the same time, in the game that did end up happening, we could talk about the Astros and Jordan Alvarez, who is probably the most talked about player in the postseason so far. Yeah, Dude, I don't know. Obviously, 
we all know Robbie Ray gave up the walk-off home run to Alvarez. Alvarez had another home run today to put them ahead. And then they they finally decided we should not pitch to him anymore. So they they intentionally walked him and then Bregman had an RBI single that made it four to two. Um but I, I Scott Service, the sur, surveys service? Okay. Service, service. I think. Okay. Um the manager for the Mariners, I just think he was overthinking that. I think he was overthinking that matchup. And all like you're why would you bring in Robbie Ray? From the bullpen. From the bullpen. I mean, I know that you have better starters than him. Because that worked out so well for the Diamondbacks in 2017. Right. I mean, if you really look at it, Robbie Ray, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, but he's only really had two, two good years in the league. One of them was really good. 2017 with the D-backs, he was pretty dang good in that season. That was a good year. And then last year with the Blue Jays, he was great and he won the Cy Young Award. Right. He was not very good this year. Let me draw a comparison. Is Robbie Ray Blake Snell? Hmm. They're they're a little bit different pitching Blake styles. Snell, but because Blake Snell won a Cy Young Award, he did in Tampa. In Tampa, but he, I but he's not been that great since he's been been traded to San Diego. I wouldn't call him. Consistent. He's been pretty good this year, but he didn't have a good season last year, if I remember correctly. He's the kind of guy who will yeah. have a really great year and then a really bad year. I think he's got better stuff than Robbie Ray does. Or you know what? Robbie Ray might be his teammate, Luis Castillo, who had a phenomenal year this year. But it was bad last year. But had a phenomenally bad year last year. Yeah. One of the worst we've ever seen, probably. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just an interesting to draw question. I, I just think Scott Service overthought that. Yeah. Because, lefty, lefty thing. Yeah. And I heard somewhere, maybe Gambo said it on the air when I was driving around. I think he said that Paul Seawald had a better better batting average against against lefties than mm. Robbie Ray did. I think like Robbie I think it was like buy that. 166 for Seawald and 212 for Robbie Ray. Interesting. It was just overthinking. Here's it, I the think. thing. Yep. Jordan Alvarez, very good hitter. Yes. Doesn't really matter who's on the He's mound. so good. Doesn't really matter. He's big boy that hits the ball really hard. With that said, I saw today I read that Jordan Alvarez is now the only player in MLB history that has two go-ahead home runs in the sixth inning or later in his career. And he did them both within two games. (laughs) Is this his first? No, they were in the playoffs last year, so he would have played in the playoffs last year, I think, right? I think you're right, yeah. Unless he was injured. I don't remember. But Was he on the 2017 cheating team? He was not. I didn't think so. He was actually actually a Dodgers prospect. Right. And they traded him to the Astros for Josh Fields. A relief pitcher. Oh man! Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> I thank God. The Dodgers I could really not. Blew that I could not. Yeah, they're so they're so bad now. They yeah. regret it big time. <laughs> let me tell you. No, they just went out and got two former MVPs. You know, yeah. no big deal. Um, they paid their way out of that one. Uh, the Braves. The Braves had a big win yesterday against Philadelphia. After the Braves, or after they lost game one, I think they were shut out, or they, no, they weren't. They almost won the game, and then Zach Eflin, like, worked out of a huge jam in the ninth inning to, to win the game. Like I think it was, like, seven to six or something like I that. I saw the Braves re-signed another player. Uh, Who did they re-sign? This one, gosh, they've re-signed everybody. I mean, Albies is under contract, Acuna's, Austin Riley's under Riley. contract, Acuna, it's not Swanson. Harris. They can't do that. Strider. I feel like they, was it Spencer Strider? There was an there was Who one was in it? the last couple days that they re-signed. Maybe it was Strider. 
Why can't I figure it out? Hold on. It was like $75 million or something over like six or seven years. I'll find it. I think it might have been Strider. But my point is, they've built their entire team for the next six, seven years. Yeah, they're in because a good they spot, just, man. They go to you and they say, listen, we can either lowball you in team control and arbitration for the next four or five years, or we can lock you down now for, let's say, 70 to $80 million over six seasons, and you can make your money right now, starting right now. <laughs> yeah. And these guys are going for it. They don't. They don't want to wait it out and go to free agency and see what mega deal they can get. These guys are committed to the Braves, and the Braves are committed to their well, players. I mean, you're seeing that a lot though recently too. I mean, Tatis got that huge extension, but that's mega deal. I know, but it's I'm, an extension, I'm, I'm but saying yeah. that they're still locking them up. Like Wander Franco, he got a big deal, but they're still locking them up. But Why the Braves are doing it with everyone on their team not named Dansby Swanson. Yeah, He's hitting I, I wonder agency. if he'll be back. Matt Olson's on a longer term deal. Mm-hmm. Austin Riley's on a deal. Albies is on a deal. Uh, I'm pretty sure Max Fried is around for a while. Spencer Strider, Acuna, you talked about. Michael Harris. I mean, their whole lineup is going to be around forever. The Braves are going to be competitive for years and years to come. It feels like. Yeah, I think it was Strider. They're, they're going to be they're going to be just fine. Even if they lose Dansby Swanson, I mean, they're just they're going to be Here it is. I found it. Yeah, it was Strider. They signed him to a 6-year, $75 million contract. That's what I thought. So, and that's smart because this is his first season, right? I believe this is his first season. Uh yeah, I believe he's a rookie so, this year. So, in theory, they have a couple years of team control and then a couple more years of arbitration. So they go to him and they say, "Listen, we could pay you basically nothing over the next 5 years. Like very little money for the next 5 years, or you could take our 75 million dollars now, start making cash now." Yeah. And then deal with free agency when you get to it. And that's what he chose to do. Yeah. That's it, what everyone on their team chose to and do. And it's they're I mean, the Braves and then they still have um they still have uh, uh, Wilson Contreras' brother, w- William William Contreras. Yeah. Um, he's a young player, too. And, I mean, they still have Travis Darno as their catcher. But I saw Darno is on the list of all-time home run hitters by a catcher in the postseason. He's, like, high on the list. There, You'd be shocked, though. Like, there's not that many. I think, like, the most was, like, six or seven. Really? Home runs in the postseason by a, by a catcher. He had, he had that me. really good postseason. Like Yogi Berra was Last year when they won the World Series. Yeah, he had a couple. It helps when you go all the way. Too. Yeah, You that's know, you're true. playing in every round. More games. Um, yeah, but um, the Braves, man, they're, they're a good team. And their bullpen is really good. Even with, like, Kenley Jansen is going to be, like, a roller coaster every time he takes the mound, but he still gets it done. Um Seattle Seattle Houston might be a quick series man. I mean, if if Houston wins one more, Seattle's done. That would be a that would be a a a disappointing end to the first postseason for the Mariners since 2001. Yeah, but you know what? I think Seattle is still a year or two away from being like Oh yeah. man, that team is a contender. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? I mean they they did, close. they did a they made a really good move in extending Castillo. Yeah, I agree. he's really good. Logan Gilbert's good. Um, they have a star. George Kirby is a really good young pitcher as well. Julio Rodriguez is a stud. Um, Ty France is a really good player too. I mean, Eugenio Suarez hits home runs, and that's what I mean. That's what he's yeah. there to do. He's there to hit home runs and play decent defense. That's all he's there to do, and that's fine. J.P. Crawford has had a really good season this year at shortstop too. Um, but yeah, man, there. I mean, who knows what like Kellenic? 
used to be like the hot shot prospect before Julio came on, and he's kind of struggled. So if he finds it too, like man, they're they're Mitch gonna, Hanniger stays healthy. Mitch Hanniger, there's too, a thirty yep. home run mm-hmm. potential guy there. Cal Raleigh is at catcher now. Like what's his nickname is like Big Dumper or something yeah. like that because he's got a huge butt. <laughs> like I'm like if all if I were him, I'm like really like. Really, guys? My nickname's after my butt. Like, yeah. What am I, DJ Humphreys? Um, Him and Sean Murphy are competing for biggest ass in the <laughs> in MLB. Like, what? In a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, not man. a personality. It's literally the size of their butts. But you know what? Like, the Astros have the experience, right? And I'm not just talking about Altuve or Bregman or whatever. Yeah. They refresh the lineup every sure. couple of years. Like you mentioned, Alvarez has some postseason experience, but he wasn't on that championship team. Kyle Tucker, I don't he might have been on the roster, but he wasn't playing in the 2017 championship series. But he's, if I remember, he's right. still been on playoff. Like yeah. they were in the World Series last year. Right. So they've got experience. And so I think the Astros probably deserve that. By the way, they've retooled very, very well. They lost probably the biggest free agent of the offseason in Carlos Correa, who's an elite shortstop. Did, did you see today? No. What? Did you, <laughs> what are you laughing it's about? It's so awkward. TBS is host, is playing all the American League games. Right. And so they they had on um, Pena, the shortstop for the Astros, on the postgame show. Right. And who is in the studio Asking him questions? Carlos Correa. Yeah, I saw he was the guy. That was so awkward. Like, what the what hell did he, are you what did doing? What did he ask him? Do you know? No, I just saw pictures. I didn't oh, see okay. the video. I just saw like people like, well, this is awkward. Like, it's Carlos Carlos but, Correa, who is not in the playoffs who, after leaving. is a free agent. Is a free agent again, because apparently he's opting out. I mean. Which makes sense. Sure. He can make. He had a good season. He's going to make more money. Yeah. Um, and that was, the, I think, the whole point of the Twins deal is like, he's going to make $40 million this year and then see if they're good. And if they're good, he can stay. That's I pretty saw- People were getting all flustered about the fact that he basically came out and said, if the twins really like me, then they can pay for me. Like, I, yeah. I'm kind of paraphrasing Basically, that, but... he said it in a more stupid, snarky way, but... Yeah, he's like, if I want something, way. I pay for it. Right. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. He's like, if they want me, they, they know where I, I am. They can find me, you know? And I, I... Listen, I get it. He's looking to make a big, big, big splash this offseason, and I think he probably will, similar to the the Twins deal. It's just that was a short-term option, and he yeah, went with it. Yep. And if the Twins want him back, they can pay him all the money a, in the world. They're going to have a good shortstop class in this free agency, man. I mean, it's, it's Trey Turner, it's Correa, it's Dansby Swanson, Tim Anderson. Um, There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. And then, I mean, I can't decide who I... I guess I want the Padres to win. I just hate the Dodgers so much more than I hate the Padres. I would rather see the Padres win... Um, I would like for the small. Can we small, call them a small market team? Mediums. Okay, market so team? I, someone, and I think it's technically correct. But when I think of the Padres, I don't think small market. But I think technically they are in a small market. Technically, yeah. Technically they are, but they don't act like it. They go and spend a lot of money, right? And they trade a lot of their prospects for star players so i never really think i don't have the perspective of them as a small market but i mean that's going to be an interesting series because i mean they obviously there was a huge win yesterday for the padres getting stealing one in in la because now they can they can finish the series at home if they if they play well but the dodgers freaking own the padres this year they owned them and they owned them in their in, in petco and it's 
obviously the Dodger Dodger fans travel very well. It's in California. It's not that far of a drive. I'm sure there's a million Dodger fans in San Diego anyway. But San Diego, the Padres have a good home atmosphere because unfortunately for that city, all the other professional teams left. And that's all they have is the Padres and San Diego State, I guess. Um, but th- they do have a new uh, football stadium. San Diego State. They do. I was I like, so, yeah. I was like, they built a football stadium and they don't have an NFL team. Well, that's a great use of their money um, <laughs> for, the, for the college yeah, for team. the college team. Yeah, yeah, but like the Chargers are gone. I I think the Clippers used to be in San Diego I and mean, they moved ways, to LA like a long time back, ago. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's this is all they have in professional sports, and they don't have a hockey team or anything like that. Um, they might have a MLS team, but I don't know. I think they have a pickleball team. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dude, pickleball. But they might. Pickleball is like becoming the like the fastest sweeping sport yeah, in dude, the nation. How, or something. how much money do you have in your wallet? Because we could go in on a pickleball team. I think I have one dollar. Okay, that'll work. Will they accept? Surely that? Surely that'll be enough. They ex- will they accept it? I think so, I can probably. either use that to invest in a pickleball team or go get some chips out of the vending machine. That's a tough. I have a feeling I know which direction you're leaning. <laughs> I think Chips. that I think that the Padres, yes, I would root for them over the Dodgers, but there's no way I'm picking them over the Dodgers. And what's crazy? I'm really is, not rooting for them either. I don't like the Padres. What's but crazy is you look at the the Dodgers playoff uh, their DS roster, mm-hmm. and there's no Walker Bueller. Yeah, there's no, certainly no Trevor Bauer for that oh, whole situation oh that occurred. God. I forgot about Trevor Bauer. Just think about the names that are missing. And you re- you come to the realization like there's still Urias, there's still Gonsolin, there's Kershaw. still Kershaw, there's still Dustin May, Tyler Anderson, Tyler of Anderson, all people like that's a full really good rotation minus Walker Bueller who I think is a star and I, I keep bringing up but Trevor Bauer who is yes, technically yes. paid by the Dodgers or was. So I think like, he still is. You think about like what it could have looked or like. He might have. I think his suspension was without pay. So. That's a really good team. Yeah, and they could have been even better. I think they're. I think the Dodgers' biggest issue on their current roster is their bullpen. Um, Craig Kimbrell was not good for them as the closer, and I'm. They. He, I don't even think he's on the roster. No, they didn't include uh, him. He's for not on the roster. Series. So um, their bullpen's a little shaky. I mean, they still have Bruce Dark Gratterall, who throws a million miles per hour. Blake Trinan is probably the grizzled vet of that group. Um, but this kid, they had a kid, Almonte, last night that was throwing some heat, too. Um, Why don't the Diamondbacks have any guys that throw I heat? I don't know. They not have one. They don't have any guys. We've got Dre Jameson now. Hopefully, yeah, he's a starter, and I think that's awesome. No, they have nobody that throws hard in the bullpen. I think. What does Maranta throw? He throws like ninety six, I guess. So it's okay. somewhat hard. That's not bad. I think someone said. I think it was Vince Murata that tweeted this out that the Diamondbacks only had one guy throw over a throw hundred miles an hour out of their bullpen, or or no, in their like in their um. All their out of all their pitchers, they only had like one guy throw was it hundred miles per hour. No, it was Luis Frias. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna try. Here we go. I just found it. Forgot about this. That. Is from the Twitter account of the great Vince Morata. According to Baseball Savant, there were three thousand three hundred and seventy pitches thrown in MLB of hundred plus miles per hour in the regular season. The Diamondbacks had one. Luis Frias threw a one hundred mile an hour four seamer. 
uh, that that Jazz Chisholm hit for a two run double on May third. That's so fitting. Of course the of course the hundred mile an hour pitch was freaking hit <laughs> was hit by Jazz Chisholm by a former Diamondback. And then he and then he follows it up with Frias hit ninety nine on the gun. Uh, on the gun on eight other occasions. Dre Jameson, Kevin Ginkle, Reyes Maranta, and Ryan Nelson all had pitches of 98 or harder. Gotcha. Not impressed. Nope. Me neither. Especially since the only time they did it. It, it got hit a for a two-run double. Um, speaking of Diamondbacks and former Diamondbacks, list off a couple of former Diamondbacks for me that are in the postseason or were in the postseason. How are uh, the former Diamondbacks making you feel right now? Um, Not great. To be honest with you, um, Paul Goldschmidt was horrible in that short. It's a short series, but I'm pretty sure he was 0 for 7. I'm pretty sure he went 0 for the whole series. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Fair enough. Um, Paul Goldschmidt was, and and I mean, he's not a former Diamondback, but Nolan Arenado was also really bad in that series, too. Max Scherzer for the Mets got lit up. He got he got lit up in, in game one, and, and, they, and the Mets lost that game. Um, David Peralta got one. <laughs> he got one played appearance in that Guardians Rays uh, series, and he pinch hit and he struck out. Um, Robbie Ray obviously gave up the walk off three run home run to Jordan Alvarez in Game One of that series, so that was not great. Um, I don't know what Eduardo Escobar did for the Mets. I wasn't actually paying attention to Eduardo Escobar. I don't think he did much. If anything, so did you mention Max Scherzer? Yet? I did. Yes, he uh, he crapped the bed in game one. He yeah. gave up six runs. He's never given up six runs. I don't think in a playoff game. I just wouldn't have expected that. I wouldn't have like either. if you had asked me to name one pitcher in the entire wild card weekend that I thought for sure would have a good outing. It would have been Max Scherzer. Yeah, just because of the competitive nature and he really turns it on for big moments. And he hasn't really had a lot of big moments lately, has he? No, I mean not since well, Washington, I mean, right? No, he. So in the well, last, he played for the Dodgers. Well, in last year's playoffs, remember he came in in that in the wild card game, the deciding wild card game. I, I can't for the life of me remember if last year was one game or a series. I cannot remember. It doesn't even matter. Anyway, he came in in the bullpen out of the bullpen in the ninth inning against the Giants. And remember the the controversial check swing strike three that ended the whole series. Oh yeah, Max Scherzer was pitching that game That's in the ninth right. inning. I think it was Wilmer Flores, that former Diamondback. Uh, Wilmer Flores that 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 was against. So um, Eduardo Escobar, by the way, was hit th- three thirty three in those uh, in that three game series. So not bad. That's not bad. I don't know how many bats he got. That's a couple hits. Right? <laughs> I don't know how many bats he got. Um, but. Uh, let me see if I can do this here. Wild card. Who else are former down? Robbie. He had nine. Okay, he went three for nine in the in the wild card series this year. Escobar. Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray gave up the big homer to Alvarez. That he, was horrible. He probably has the worst moment in the postseason. Probably. Yeah, you're so probably far. right. Um, obviously, I mentioned Goldschmidt. He was really bad in that series. I think he went hitless. Pretty bad all around. Yeah, it wasn't a great showing for former T-Packs. I mean, uh, we also still have some that are still in it. Brandon Drury's still in it with, with the, the Padres. Padres. Yeah. Um, so I struggle with that so much because like, I, <laughs> I've had a lot of people tell me, like, oh, man, I wish the Diamondbacks had kept Brandon Drury. And you got to realize, when Brandon Drury played for the Diamondbacks, he was no good yeah and they let him go and he went somewhere else and he was no good and they let him go somewhere else and he was no good like it's not like the <laughs> diamondbacks traded him away and then the next day he was an all-star 
You know what I mean? Like there's several years if, of if build up. If he's playing, it's not very much. I don't even think he's playing because he's not registering on batting average stats or on base percentage. Or is he anything. an all star this year? Ooh, I don't. I don't think so. No. Here okay. we go. No, he's had he's had 11 at bats in the postseason. Brandon Drury. Let me figure this out. Anybody else still in it? Um. Brandon Drury is 0 for 4 in the in this postseason so far. So that's not very good. Um who I want to say yes, but I can't I can't think of the name. Astros, nobody. No. Yankees. Nobody. I, I don't think anyone think from the D-backs on the Yankees. Nobody on the Guardians. Not that I can think of. Nobody on the Dodgers except well, Trevor Bauer would have been, but he's not anymore. Yeah, no. Did Trevor Bauer play for the Diamondbacks yeah. and the Majors? Yeah. Okay. He, I barely he remember He made his that major league debut with the Diamondbacks. Okay. Remember, I barely remember, remember that. Remember, remember, I know rem- he was drafted by remember them. Remember he came up and they're like, what are you doing in your pregame warm-ups? I'm throwing the ball from foul pole to foul pole. And then he had that whole beef with Miguel Montero where he r- made a stupid rap video about it. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> you would think I would remember that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I feel like Trevor bad. Bauer was, was just bad. such a quick experience. It was. They he drafted wasn't, him. He was not here for very long. They drafted him. He debuted. They traded, he was gone. They traded him for Didi Gregorius. Yeah, that that was it. Right. That's it. Yep. They sent him to the Reds. It was a three-team deal. Didi <laughs> Gregorius, commonly known as the next Derek Jeter. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, Kevin Towers. Rest in peace. I liked Didi, though. I was a fan of Didi. I mean, I was a fan... In the way that I was hopeful. Is there anybody on the well. Braves that any relief pitchers? Swanson, yeah, Swanson. Ha-ha. Is that a former D back? I mean, technically, let's count him. Let's count him. <laughs> let's take credit. I don't. I don't really. I don't know what he's doing. But I mean, the yeah. So I mean, of the prominent ones, Goldschmidt, not a good, not no. a good uh, performance. He's gone. Peralta. Scherzer gone. Peralta gone. Bad. He had one at bat. And then Escobar gone. Escobar gone. I mean, it's not been it's not been great. It's not, not great. been great for the former D backs so far. Not great. Um, but here's to hoping we don't get Diamondbacks news in the next week. I mean, I know we talked about the Bumgarner thing. Like, I just can anybody really do anything right now? Uh, apparently the Braves can re-sign players. But that, I they think, can do that all day long. I guess I don't know. I think that's if you have guys already on your team, like the Mar- yeah. the Mariners did it with Castillo. After the season ended, before the playoffs started, right? I think so. so it was in that time frame. Yeah, I, I don't think their series had started yet with the Blue Jays. But, yeah, I mean, I think with your own players you can do stuff. I don't think anyone can make any trades right now. No, 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 no. At all. And you can't, I mean. The, the only w- thing you do is take guys off your roster and add guys to your and roster. And no, you can't, there's no free agency stuff, obviously. No, no, no. So, I don't expect we'll get anything. It, the only thing interesting we'll transaction-wise... Maybe rumors or something like this, but I mean, it's not really a rumor, but... The only thing I expect transaction-wise is if the Dodgers advance to the next round, then they might add Craig Kimbrell back if they feel he's healthier or something, or yeah. if he somehow proves to them he belongs there. I don't know how he's going to do that if he's not playing, but um, that might be the only transaction that could happen Yeah, for the rest of the way. But you know what always happens is... Whatever teams keep advancing in the postseason, inevitably you'll get that player, uh, like last year, Eddie Rosario or Jock Peterson, who's like not a star player that plays like a star. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that's going to be. Jorge Soler. 
Jorge Soler they were on the Braves. <laughs> who hit a great? Yeah, they were all. That was their whole outfield. That was you just it, named the I whole mean, outfield. It, it, I hate to mention 2017 because it was the cheating year, but like Yuli Gurriel, like he had a huge yeah. home run, and yeah, who's going to be that non-star player that plays like a star? Because Jordan Alvarez is the player of the postseason so far, but we already knew he was a great hitter. I think the best. I think one of the best examples of what you're talking about. I can't remember the year that it was, but remember the postseason that Daniel Murphy had for the Mets. Like, he was just hitting everything. Daniel Murphy is quite an enigma in baseball where I think he was one of the best hitting second basemen we've ever seen. I don't think of him as a second baseman, though. He never really played the position very well. No. But, man, he could hit. But do you remember that postseason? I do. Where he was just hitting homers left and right? Yeah. Like, it was kind of like what Eddie Rosario did for the Braves last year. I did, But even, like, Didn't that set more. him up for eventually when he went to I Colorado? Think- or was it before? I think it? It he got paid by the Nationals because I think be right. he was in on the Nats after that. But yeah, he did end up in Colorado. See, what I was thinking of was our dear friend Cody Ross. Oh God, who had with a the Giants great right? postseason with the Giants? I think he might have even been. Was he? He wasn't World Series MVP. He might have been Playoff championship MVP series or something. Championship Series MVP or something like that. And. The Diamondbacks went out. I think I rem- if I remember right, I think Ken Kendrick was enamored with him, and they ended up signing him to a big free agent. That deal. was when that might be one of the worst free oh, agent yeah, deals that, that was we're bad. Um, that was when remember <laughs> remember when um, they signed so they signed Cody Ross, and they took down the Uptown sign in right field. Uptown, and then yeah. Kevin Towers is like, oh, he's still a part of the team. And for Justin Upton, he's like, we're not. And then like two days later, they traded him to the Braves. Right. For way to telegraph the punch. Yeah. Like, come on, y'all. Like, what are we doing here? Remember when Edgar Renteria had an amazing postseason for both the what the the car? You thinking about the Cardinals? Actually, I think I was the Marlins. No, no. I was thinking about the Cardinals. Not the Marlins. He had a game-winning hit for the Marlins that was in 1993. Yeah, <laughs> that was a long Craig, time ago. Craig Council scored the winning run. Um, yeah, there's just every... It seems like every year there's a not-star player who plays like You remember a star. Marco Scudero? I remember with the Giants, him. he had a great postseason too. I mean, one of their in one of their three championships. In, yeah, it's hard to remember years, those teams very well. Because you know? I was thinking Edgar Renteria was, was really good in a postseason with the Giants. I'll get your thought I could on be this. Thinking it wrong. The year that Mad Bum went crazy in the playoffs, mm-hmm. was he a star at that time? Would you have considered him a star? Or is that what made him a star? Because they still had Lincecum and Kane, right? Yeah. On that team? I would think. I, I think. I'd have to go back and look at the years because, honestly, they won the championship every other year for three years. Um, I would think he was established by then. But the definition of star is difficult. I I think he probably was a star by then. Okay, I dude, that dude, that rotation was sick, absolutely disgusting. Yep, yep. Like, there's very few with a top three like those three guys at that at their peak. That's why they won the championships. Right, it was pitching. Yep. I mean, they had a good lineup. But <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll keep an eye on what happens in the division series, which is what we have now crowned as a. Uh, the second series. It's the second round. <laughs> the second round. You heard it playoffs. here first. Yeah, we just kind of labeled it that because that's essentially There's what a it lot is of intriguing. I think, obviously, it's still intriguing, but the most lopsided series as of right now is the Astros over the Mariners. Um, 
And honestly, the Mariners should have probably won game one. But and let's they hope that, that they lock it up so that the Cardinals and the Seahawks <laughs> don't have to move their game on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole thing. I that can't was, believe that they would even consider moving an NFL game. So I'm guessing it has to do with like TV stuff. It's so the Mariners fans could potentially watch both games without conflicting too much. In that market? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. It's for TV revenue. Yeah, so what... The whole if both games are going on at the same time, yeah. then people can only watch one the whole or the other. Sc- the whole scenario is if the Mariners don't get swept on Saturday, they would play game four in Seattle at like, what, 1230? It is 1230. It is, yeah. And then Cardinals Seahawks is also being played in Seattle. And they're originally scheduled for a 105 kickoff. But if there is a game four with the Mariners and the Astros, then Cardinal Seahawks gets moved to two thirty. So just they're moving it up ninety minutes. So it, it's very it's very weird. It's I'm, kind of it's it's a stupid scenario. I never would have guessed the NFL would be the one to move. Yeah, like I had this conversation with a few people. I'm like, I can't believe the NFL is bending to baseball. Well, but also too, but it could just be the TV people. I, it's it's TV for sure. I mean, it's the, not it's not like Roger Goodell and Rob Manfred are in a room being like, "I'm going to move." Are you going to move the game? Fine. But what's it's, hilarious? It's, it's the big wigs at TBS and and Fox. But what's hilarious is that the football game has been scheduled for months. Yeah, and the baseball right. game you was think just the realized. Baseball game would move to an earlier time slot. The or baseball something. game doesn't even technically exist until Saturday afternoon. <laughs> right, it's, <laughs> so. it's TBD right now. Right. Like it does, it's not even a for sure thing that's going to happen. Right, but yeah, this postseason is is been fun so far. I think I kind of like the wild card series. Do you like the wild the three game series? I like it better than the one game plan because and, and you know we've talked about this ad nauseum. I hated the plan because it screws up your entire rotation. Yeah, because you play that one game. I mean, look at what the Diamondbacks did in 2017. You yeah, pitch your had, best pitcher. They had to throw Granky, and he was not doing well. Then they had to bring in Robbie Ray. I guess they didn't have to, but they did. Yeah, and that kind of screwed that kind of screwed the them up. Yeah, against because now you're pitching Patrick Corbin. I believe it no. was. No, no, wait, oh, they didn't. Go I with shall remind you because yeah. I will never forget. Um, Patrick Corbin had a great 2017 and he did not pitch in the 2017 playoffs. I remember that. Taiwan Walker, Walker got the start in game one. And I think even Zach Godley, maybe he came out of the, bull, out of the bullpen. No, I think it was Taiwan Walker in game one. Robbie Ray in game two, or and then Granky game three. One of that, one of those, they got swept. It didn't freaking matter. But you see, but, my point is, yeah, that the wild card game, the one game up. messed up your rotation for the second series or the first series, I guess. At yeah. that point, I like it a little better now because, like, for example, you take uh, a team that swept, like the Guardians. They pitch their best two guys in McKenzie and, and Bieber, and yeah. then all of a sudden you get some time off, and then you get to the next round. You just pitch, they could be fresh by you then. Pitch your third pitcher, and then you and move then you on. go back to your yeah. top of your rotation. Yeah, you're not you're not it the, royally yeah. behind. The and other it's not team. like it's a five game series; it's a three game series. So right. you only have to possibly like the Guardians only have only played two games before moving on. So it worked out. I will. I agree with you. I like the I like the three game series a little bit more. I'm just gonna miss the freaking chaos that was the one game wild card wild card game. Like yeah, the it just it was a game seven. 
Basically. It was dramatic. It was, Every game was it's dramatic. It's a winner go home. There's so much drama. Archie Bradley hitting an RBI triple and then giving up three runs the next inning. And then the ro- it's just a roller coaster. I mean, I don't love the that- Washington Nationals might not have won the World Series in 2019 if Trent Grisham didn't screw up that ball in right field. I don't love that because there are three wildcard teams that the worst division winner, let's say, in the regular season has to play a wild card series. I don't love that for fairness, but I understand it. Because, like, take the American League, for example. The Yankees and Astros were the two best teams in the American League, so they get a bye. The Guardians win their division, which kind of surprised me. I mean, I think we all thought the Chicago White Sox would be better. The Twins had certainly spent a lot of money on their team. But the Guardians end up winning the division. But they still have to play in the wild card against the worst wild card team. Which yeah. happened to be the Rays, I guess. Um, so, I don't know. I don't love that, but I like this format a lot better than I like the one-game plan. Because that really sets you behind with your rotation for the for the division series. And I think, I haven't looked at like how it played out every single season, but I would think that you would be at a major disadvantage every single year. And you're going to see less wildcard teams win championships that way. So I'm yeah. I'm all for wildcard teams having success in the post postseason. And with yeah, with the whole one game thing, it's like oh, you work so hard to get to the wildcard game, and then it's one game. You shouldn't have to be majorly disadvantaged just because you had a worse record, by the way. Right. Like the playing field should be even because in theory, the other team you're facing was better than you anyway. Yeah. They don't need an extra helping hand, in my opinion. So that's why I like this format better. So thank you for asking me that question. And thank you for checking out the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. We'll keep you posted on all things going on in the second round, and then maybe eventually we get to the third round. That'll be Eventually. Awesome. Eventually we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. The Diamondbacks won't. They're not in it, but we will get there eventually. Thanks so much for checking out the Ain't No Thing podcast. For Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Thing podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.